Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the all four classes in Borderlands 3. Theorizing, speculating, but also talking about who I am looking forward to playing with. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can catch me live probably right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If I'm not live, come on into the channel, click follow. That way you can catch these streams. I will be doing a lot of Borderlands all the old games as well as the new game with uh, on my stream as well as playing with my wife. So you're not going to want to miss out on that content. Be sure you're following the stream. Let's jump right into the questions. Hey, Shiz says, my friends and I are looking for a good PvE game to play together. They don't like the grindy repetitiveness of Destiny. Do you think Borderlands would be a good game for us uh, or is it not like Destiny? Well, if they don't like the grindy repetitiveness of Destiny... They would probably like Borderlands, but, alright, I'm going to qualify my statements here. I describe Borderlands as being a linear loop. You play the game linearly, meaning point A to point B. You play through the story, okay? Start in the beginning, you got nothing, you work your way through, there's bosses, there's narrative, there's cutscenes, and then you end, you beat the game, okay? But it's a linear loop. You can then replay the game. Enemies are higher level. Their names are different. The guns are stronger. The guns are different. You continue leveling up and spending points in your skill tree. So there is a a repetitiveness, but it's different. It's different. So I actually think Borderlands is the best co-op game you can play with your buds. If you're looking for a game to just get loot, laugh, have a good time. I would play through all of them. (laughs) I really would. The graphics have been souped up. They're really, really fun. They've aged very, very well. They've made good quality of life changes. Um, I don't know. I think it's a great game for that. Thank you, Mr. Bill, for two months of subs. Uh, Eknor. I saw your discussion panel on Epic exclusivity. I wanted to ask why Webski is so upset about Epic Store. It's not like console exclusives where you buy a $400 console to play. It's just a launcher that's free to download. Well, at first, I thought Webski was overstating his case. I love Paul. Paul's a good friend. I've known him for a long time. We've been doing the podcast now for over three years, maybe longer. Yeah, three years. Uh, Sorry. Every time I celebrate my partnership, that's basically how long we've been doing the show. So I love him. But I thought he was kind of overstating his case. I was like, dude, what are you worried about? But then he made a really good point and a really good thing to be concerned about. Okay. What if with the way that Epic is doing exclusivity? Okay. Let's say you decide to buy Borderlands 3 further down the line than everybody else. Maybe you wait and you just insist on owning it in Steam. You're like... I want to own it in Steam, and you wait the six months. Maybe there's other games that you buy on Steam that are also then on the Epic Launcher. This is a good concern that Paul brought up, that Webski brought up. He said, what if further down the line, they start adding DLC that is then exclusive to the Epic Store as well, so then I can't expand my game and further my experience unless I go to the Epic Store, which I can't do because my save, my character, everything is in Steam. And I thought that was actually a really valid concern because we've gone through that in Destiny to a certain degree. Destiny gets, you know, uh, PlayStation 4 gets a strike, a weapon, a crucible map, and we got to wait a year to get it. That's why people getting the wave splitter early, everybody was freaking out. You could get it from uh, from Zerb because of a glitch. 
So I found when he voiced his concern that way, I don't honestly think he thought of that initially or he would have said it initially. I think as he was thinking about it and teasing it out in his mind, he was like, what if this happens? And I think that's completely, completely valid to be concerned about. Here's the thing that I'm going to say. I don't think Gearbox would want to do that once the once the game is up and running. It's very different. It's it's one thing to say it, it's going to be on this platform first. It's another thing to say, oh, the DLC or these expansions can only be gotten on Epic. Now, if they do early release or staggered release of the DLC on Steam, again, I don't know if they're going to want to do that. Now, Gearbox may look at the numbers and say, our sales projections, we can just stay on Epic. We don't even need to go to Steam. I don't know if they want to do that. But they could say, you know what? We just, we're just going to stay here. If you want to play Division 2, you got to get Uplay. If you want to play Apex Legends, you got to get Origin. So getting a launcher for a game is not something that's new to the gaming world. It's just that this one has Epic's name tied to it. If, as we said on the podcast, I think it was Mike that said this, 30 and so gaming was like, if Gearbox would have dropped and said, you got to get our launcher, we came with our own launcher, everybody had been like, okay, <laughs> if you want to play the game, now there may have been pushback because all the titles up to now have been in Steam, there would have been some pushback from the community, but I think it would have been a lot more of a muted pushback, this is far more pronounced and far more tribalistic and I think it has more to do with epic than just the exclusivity itself because truly it puts it the Fortnite the link to Fortnite is on my desktop I click that and it takes me into the game it's no different really I understand people like oh there's a lack of features well they have a schedule for the features and by the time Borderlands 3 comes out pretty much every feature everybody's asking for will be present not to mention again the big one that I've been railing about is baked in cross play cooperative play that's a big one for Borderlands I don't know if PlayStation's going to play ball but Microsoft is already promoting Borderlands 3 is having cooperative cross play that's a huge win that's nothing that's not something that Steam has built into the system automatically that is something that is built onto the Epic launcher and to the Epic's friends list that you don't have to do anything but plug into gearbox doesn't have to waste any engineer time any development time to develop a system for crossplay to work alongside of steam they don't have to do that with the epic launcher that is a massive win for the gamers so and hopefully more games continue to do that if that does anything it'll make steam start to say we really need to push some cross-play architectures into our systems and our backgrounds so people can start to utilize this stuff. So, listen, I understand Webski's concern. I think it's an unlikely turn of events because I think that would hurt the sales of the DLCs. Once the game is up and running, there's less reason. I think Epic, and here's another way to think about it, I think Epic has a lot less reason to say, oh, we want to pay money for DLC exclusivity. You got to understand, exclusivity costs money. And if you're going to spend money, you want to make money. I don't see them spending exorbitant amounts of money for exclusivity on DLC once the game is already up and running. Because to me, you've already gotten the the bulk of the sales. You've got the initial launch sales, and that's that's really where the hotbed profit is. There's way less profit on the DLC 
and honestly it would be sold mostly to people who already own it on Epic. It's not like you're going to get a bunch of people to be like, oh, well, I can only get the DLC on Epic. I'm going to buy it there bundled. I just don't think that would be a thing that Epic would want to spend money on. And I certainly don't think that Gearbox would want to hurt their potential sales of the DLC because DLC saturation levels, you want those to be as high as possible because it's such good margins. Um, There's typically very good margins on DLC. Cabal, I hope that Flax pets are able to evolve into badass versions like a badass slag skag and a queen fire ant to produce minions for her uh, and Flax pets. How do you, um, for him, oh, what do you want for his pets to have him be viable endgame character? One of the biggest things that's important for a character that can summon something or, or throw something out, like a turret or something, one of the biggest things they need in the endgame is health. People are trying to tell me that, like, Axon's fine in the endgame. You have to use his turrets as, like, a distraction. It's like, doesn't that feel kind of stupid that the whole time you're playing, the turrets are like, choo-choo-choo-choo-choo. They're doing work. They're slagging stuff. They're blowing stuff up. They're strong. And then you get far enough in the endgame, and they're like, well, this is just an aggro magnet that eventually gets blown up, you know? They need health. They need to be strong. So that's what I would think. I don't exactly know how they're going to do that with the pet. Is the pet going to get knocked down and need healed? Is he going to die? Is he digestructing the pet? Because we know from Digistruct Peak, there's Digistruct technology. I think that might even be in my pet video where Tannis could give us the technology to Digistruct and summon animals to help us. So I could see it being a, well, it's got a health bar. And it gets destroyed, and you gotta destruct another one, and it's got a cooldown. We'll just have to wait and see. Another one from Cabal. Moses Iron Bear Mech is supposed to be more co-op focused with other Vault Hunter characters. Do you think it will have perks for solo players uh, like the t- like the past games, or because each class has three action skills, it won't be the case? Well, again, I think the three action skill thing. Uh, you're, he's saying in chat right now, he heard it from a videos on YouTube that had leaked the characters before the reveal at PAX. It's just a rumor as far as I know. We will see. So at this point, we're not sure if there's going to be three action skills. That is a presumption that's baked into this question. I don't think that's beyond the scope of reason for Gearbox to say, you know, we've always done three skill trees. What if each skill tree, before you dig into that skill tree, you pick that skill tree's action skill. And when you pick that action skill, it sort of sets that the tone of what you're doing. Fire ant, like a monkey or a skag or whatever. And then you drill down for the beast handler. Um, and that, I don't know how that would work then on replays. Like, why would you go into another skill tree if the other skill trees are essentially for the other action skills? We'll have to wait and see. I could see them doing it. I could definitely see them doing it, but I wonder, I wonder if that's really going to affect the way that you replay and spec into other skill trees and spend your skill points. Thief256, do you think max level will be increased or changed from Borderlands 2? Well, as far as we know, and things that we've read and heard, they didn't intend to take Borderlands 2 as far as they did with the leveling all the way up to 72, and then the OP8 levels. I remember reading an interview with somebody who was like, you can't do that, you're going to break the game when they were doing the Digistruct Peak DLC. So I would think they learned about elasticity and how to make the end game stretch and grow and not be like a tack-on that's kind of weird or doesn't work well. Uh, so... 
Pitchford did say that the skill tree wasn't broken up into three, but rather one big skill tree for each character. Well, that's exciting. I wonder if each... Maybe if there's three action skills and you pick one, it changes the skill tree itself. You have one big skill tree that actually changes dependent upon the action skill that you choose. So if you switch action skills, you got to respec and respend all your points because the skill tree itself changes beneath that. So if you're running the spider ant, we're theorizing. If you're running the spider ant action skill instead of the skag action skill, that skill tree is going to be completely and utterly different because the spider ant's going to have maybe different abilities. Big time killer. Just so you know, bonus rooster, you added an S to the end of question, so your question did not get submitted. If you don't get a response from Nightbot, your question did not get submitted, so you're going to have to try again. There you go. You did it. You should get a response from Nightbot. Excellent. Big time killer, do you think that each tree in the Beastmaster could be tied to a pet or a gun type? Yeah, we just addressed this. We're not really sure. We're kind of speculating at this point on how that might work. The hardcore casual, what influences do you see from Borderlands in other games? Well, for starters, I mean, they took the color coding system from Diablo and threw it into a a looter shooter. I think Destiny, Destiny and Division and maybe even Defiance probably exist because of Borderlands. Uh, I mean... Let's think about it this way. Borderlands 1 was the first game, and it came out a long time ago. I actually want to get the exact uh, the exact release date of Borderlands 1. Borderlands 1 released in 2015. Now, I don't know... Now, hang on. No, that's Borderlands The Handsome Collection. That's not right. Borderlands 1 launched in 20, 2009. Okay, 2009. Sorry, I was like, wait a minute. That doesn't sound right as I'm reading it. 2009, okay? Now, I have speculated that 2009-ish was when Bungie was coming up with the idea of Destiny. Because if you think about, they were planning on launching in 2013. 2014 is when it got pushed back to. I would wager to say that Borderlands really had a huge influence in the idea of even building a game like Destiny. Let's do a sci-fi shooter like Halo. Let's make it a looter shooter. Let's have green, white, blue, white, green, blue, and purple gear dropping, right? (laughs) You know, it's very, very similar. Let's have skill trees. Let's have, you know, each class has three skill trees. Like, I think there's a lot of influence in Destiny, which subsequently poured over into Division. It's kind of like saying you'd have no Elvis without the Beatles, right? It's one of those things where, you know, modern rock and roll stemmed from, a lot of people trace it all the way back to the Beatles. Now, I'm not saying you give all credit to the Beatles, but what I'm saying is, is one typically leads to the other. And I think in this case, Borderlands 1 led to a lot of the idea and, and thought process behind let's make a game where you shoot and chase and loot Borderlands did it first so Origami what do you think Borderlands 3 needs in order to make the looter shooter pinnacle again with D2 and Div2 and maybe even hopefully Anthem up and running on the side well here's the thing Anthem and Division and Destiny are all trying to do it in a different way uh, S3 plan thank you for the prime sub I mean, their game is service, and Borderlands isn't going that way. Now, Borderlands could attempt to adopt the Diablo system of expansion, where seasons and rifts, they could do that with vaults. 
They could do that with vaults where every new time there's an expansion or every time there's a new season, we go and grind vaults. We're not necessarily going through a story per se. We're going through vaults. Now, there's a description, okay, in one of the documents that talked about this game that was sent out to us were considered like press, okay? One of the things I read, it talked about there's this complete new technology for content generation or something. The phrase is very interesting to me. It sounds like something they would use in an environment where there'd be randomization. There would be different encounters, bosses, enemies, everything would be would be different each time you run it. You can kind of see that with the guns. You know, the guns drop and it's randomized the parts that are on the guns. What if they took that principle and they applied it to an environment like a vault where you go in and a random number generator spits out bullymong, skags, racks, and a mini boss that is a skag and then a bigger boss that is a thresher and it's just like it just it just rolls all those numbers and spits out all those enemies. So your encounter is different every time. And the loot is also different every time, and you can just keep grinding it, similar to a rift system in Diablo. I really wish I had that document on me right now so I could read the exact phrasing. I'll attempt to continue talk and answer questions and see if I can if I can find it. The reason that um, the reason that I think this is so important is because the question is, oh, is it going to compete with you know Destiny? Is it going to compete with you know Anthem and all this other stuff? I mean, my my thought process on this is, if you're going to be, if if you're going to be taking a, a chunk out of those games or trying to like set your sights on those games, you've got to remember what you're signing up for. Borderlands, up to this point, has not been a game where they've said well, we're going to do game as service. We're going to stretch things out. We're going to do an always online game, stuff like that. There are elements, um, there are elements to Borderlands and the theme of Borderlands that you, I think you're going to lose if you try to go to game as service. Um, all right, here, I got the fact sheet. If you go to game as service, I think sometimes that's, that's a bit, that's a little bit dangerous. Um, because you start to lose the game's identity, right? You don't want the game to become something completely different. Uh, da, 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 da. Here we go, here we go. Bazillions of guns, okay? It's in the description of bazillions of guns. With multiple distinct weapon manufacturers, a revolutionary content generation system, and special legendary drops that on cover, your ever-improving arsenal comes with near-infinite possibilities. Now think about that with me. A revolutionary content generation system. So there's something revolutionary that they're doing that is generating content. Now, that's under bazillions of guns, but that doesn't mean that doesn't apply to the basic structures of the game too, the content itself. If you're trying to spit out a gun and it just pulls all the different parts and it spits out a gun, that principle can be applied to other encounters. It can be applied to, as I said, what trash ads are coming out, what mini-boss, what main-boss, etc. So that could be an indication of what they decide to do with the extension of the endgame. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Captain Catnip, with Zane being the most mysterious of the new Vault Hunters, do you think they are saving his cooler stuff for the gameplay reveal? Yeah, it's possible. It's definitely possible that they're going to kind of hold him in their pocket. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Yelgler, 
do you have any thoughts about new elements they could implement in Borderlands 3 and how could they work? Well, we've I think Ice is going to make a return. Um, and then... Obviously, we ha- I touched on slag. Like we don't want slag to become you know too, uh, too prominent. I don't really know what else you could add. I don't know if people in chat have ideas. Uh, you know the phase, maybe like the phase energy that the, the 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 sirens use could be in the weapons. They were the they were the alien weapons in Borderlands One that kind of had their own thing that they shot. And then apparently there's been rumors about a nuclear weapon that's going to be in the game. We'll have to wait and see. I think the core structure that they have is fine as long as they include the ice from the pre-sequel and then maybe add another one. I just don't want it to become what it was in Borderlands 2 with Slag. The Mirror Master. I'm getting a little worried that the skill trees are going to be older skills we've seen before like Phase Lock or Phase Walk, Decoy Projections, and another turret-like character. Do you share the same concerns? No, I don't because a mech. we've seen a mech suit We've seen the you know pets for the Beastmaster. Um, we've seen a siren ground slam. I don't think so. No. Um, again, we don't know what other abilities they're giving them aside from their action skill. So being able to phase lock something. What if that's her melee? What if she's got multiple different melee abilities to choose from? One's maybe one's a knockback, maybe one's a stun. Maybe she can punch in the direction of something and it brings the hand up underneath and grabs them. I don't know. Her base action skill looks nothing like I've seen on the sirens up to now, so I'm not that worried. Wordy, do you think they might lean into role-based encounters? I really like being able to tank and I want to 1v1 a boss as the siren while my friends do stuff. Um, all of- yeah, I don't think they're ever going to go that rigid. I don't think Borderlands is ever going to go rigid where you're going to want to tank, you're going to want a healer, you're going to want a summoner. I, that's just not the style. Cabal. With Zayn having a decoy and a drone as two of his three action skills, what are your best guesses it could be his third? See, again, we don't know. So this is, again, this is speculation that there's three action skills. There, again, could be other abilities. There could be an action skill ability. What if his melee ability, since it comes out of his wrist... What if he has a melee ability that literally it, it, it brings the drone out instead of punching? You know, because at one point he's got a blade on his arm. He could have an impale melee ability um, that causes a bleed effect or something. And if maybe he doesn't want to run that, maybe his melee ability that he can decide to use instead is a drone. I don't know. Um, I don't know if a drone would be an action skill, though. The drone looked kind of small. Again, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, what do you plan on making your first playthrough in Borderlands 3? Probably the Beastmaster, and then I'll play as Moe's with my wife. Wordy. I don't know if you talked about it, but did you see the manufacturer-specific perks? They were in the main Borderlands 3. Uh, no, I need to probably look at that and do a video about it. <clears throat> Ness. Do you think Borderlands 3 will be the end of the story, or do they leave it open? If it's really, really profitable, I would be shocked for them to conclude the story here. Um, I think it stands to be very profitable because of the vacancy in the market and the pairing up with Epic could lead to really good things with crossplay. Like lots of people could decide, hey, oh, wow, we can all play together. Let's do it. I've also theorized if the rumors about a stronger Switch launching are true, they could also launch on Switch. That is a huge market increase for your reach and profitability. The Switch market's massive. So that'd be good. Uh, Krat, 
Liff and Co. Do you think other games will follow suit after Division 2 and Borderlands 3 have instance loot promoting team play regardless of level? Yeah, the other thing about instance loot... Um, the other thing about instance loot that is so cool is the, what they're doing with the instance loot is you don't have to worry about the, the level of the people that are playing with you. Um, because the reason you don't have to worry about the level of the loot of the people playing with you is because they're going to scale it. In times past, what would happen is a really strong person would come into your game and they would destroy everything. Um, and sometimes they did it other ways too, like I'm fairly certain if you, um, it's like if you went into their game, you couldn't do anything, and if they came into your game, they were one-shotting everything, the fact that they're scaling, it's going to be a much better way to do it. Um, I got blown up on Reddit the other day for suggesting BL3 may come out on the Switch later this year. PC Master Races went to town on me. I don't know why they would go to town on you. This, wasn't this game born on console? It was born on the Xbox 360. Could you even play Borderlands 1 on PC back in the day? Wasn't it ported to PC? I actually don't know the history of Borderlands 1 outside of Xbox, because that's where I played it. Uh, Thank you, Sasquatch, for four months. Are you going to the gameplay reveal event? I don't think I can make it. I had a phone call with 2K. I signed their NDA. I knew, because I told you guys, like, I knew stuff. Um, But the date isn't working i'm trying to i'm trying but it's probably not going to happen well i'll probably just have to be here and co-stream it but i did get invited but i'm not gonna be able to make it i am really really trying um to get there because i love this franchise uh level retro um you couldn't play crap on pc back then wasn't xbox exclusive yeah, I mean, if PC Master Races are gonna get ba- are gonna get down um, are gonna get down on people about that, that's silly. That's totally silly. To be like, oh, it's PC Master Race. What? What are you talking about? It was born on console. In, in many respects, it's a console game at its heart. So, and plus, again, the rumors are that a more powerful Switch is coming out. I don't know why a fan of Borderlands would be anti. I don't know why you would not want the game to, to launch on multiple platforms. That seems really, really, really freaking weird to me. Wouldn't you want the game to be as massive as possible? I don't know. Um, do you think Borderlands could benefit from having a strike-like activities? I'm newer to the franchise, but while playing through Borderlands 2 recently, it felt like a bit repetitive doing the main story three times over as the main way to level. I'm... Your question's confusing to me. You want to grind strikes to level instead? That's more repetitious. Playing through the whole story? That's not that repetitious. By the time you start all the way over, it's been a while since you played through the store, the, the beginning story areas. Instead of, like, rerunning a strike over and over. Now, now, to the game's credit, if you know a certain boss can drop a certain um, thing you can rerun that boss like rerunning a strike. You kill the boss, he doesn't drop it, save and quit. Go back in, save and quit, go back in. I hope they make boss farming a little less silly. I think saving and quitting is kind of chintzy. To me, it's like, can I just reset the area and fight him again? Like, fast travel out, fast travel back in, you know, kind of a thing. Uh, Little Fox, do you believe there's a credible chance for PC plus PS4 Borderlands crossplay? I'd love to be able to play with my console friends. 
I mean, there's we're, we we were already seeing it being promoted as being crossplay on Xbox, so hopefully PS4 plays ball. Bonus rooster. It seems vault hunters who summon things, Axton, Wilhelm, Gage, in the end game, they're always fine, but it's because of their skills, not their action skills. It'd be cool uh, if finally their actual action skill was super important and good in the end game. Do you think BL3 will repeat? with the Beastmaster being uh, skill-reliant and not action-skill-reliant. It just depends on what their vision for an individual class is. Since there's going to be bigger skill trees, you know, according to somebody in chat was quoting Ramdy Pitchford, if there's going to be bigger skill trees, then I would think that you could have a lot more going on to make sure it's a balanced character so that in the end game there are skills as well as things in the skill tree that increase the action skill so that you don't feel like that um yeah like gauge is just busted in the end game like she's so strong but like death traps kind of uh yeah hunter do you think main villains will live up to our god jack i don't know i i love i love jack a lot and i just don't know if that's going to be even a possibility uh, Sasquatch, apologies if this is a repeat question as I missed your talk on instance loot. Are you concerned instance loot can be exploited if you get better and more loot in a group as you did in previous games? Then there's no incentive to play the more traditional way. I hope instance is less likely uh, for more better loot. Traditional stays the same. Well, if I beat a boss by myself and he drops four things and I beat him with you and he drops four things, who gives a frick? Now, sure, you might say, but I get four things too, Lono. Okay. It's only a problem if you're going to dupe. You're going to duplicate the items. You're going to cheat by dropping an item on the ground and like leaving before it saves or something. So I don't, I don't think this is a problem. If I beat a boss and he drops four things, and I beat him with you and he drops four things, that's totally fine by me. I don't feel like my experience is changing at all. That was the problem with loot ninjas. Playing with your buddies, there's one chest in this hallway. It's going to have three to four guns in it. That's it. If I'm by myself, I get to pick over all three to four guns. If I'm playing with you, whoever gets there first and yanks it all up. I just think that's lame. It also makes it really uninteresting to play with random people because random people are just going to grab the stuff and leave or they're going to kick you out before the boss dies so that you can't pick over the loot. J. Chris, what makes uh, a game a game of service, and why does that apply? Why does that apply to Borderlands? So, a game as service is a game that is. This is typically like a, this is a very generic definition. It's a game that is always online and is updated rhythmically and has rhythmic activities. That's pretty generic, right? So, Destiny and Division and Anthem are all games as service. They're always online. When you're playing, you're online. And there's rhythmic delivery of updates and stuff going on in the game world. There's weekly resets, daily activities, etc. That's pretty generic because it encompasses a lot of different approaches to the style. Borderlands ain't like that. Borderlands, you, you can play offline. You can boot up and play through the story, replay the story, replay the story. That's essentially the content. There is no weekly or daily rhythmic deliverable stuff. Now, that doesn't mean they don't do that. It doesn't mean they don't do that. 
I don't know if they're going to decide to do something like, well, as long as you're plugged in online, there's daily and weekly challenges for more stuff, more loot. They could go down that route, but the core of Borderlands more than likely will not be a game as service. The way that, like, the core experience in Destiny, there is a daily and weekly rhythm that is a part, that's like a part of the game experience. That is Destiny. My cousin Vinny, what are your thoughts on the new manufacturer perks? I need to look at them. I haven't seen them yet. Uh, would you mind giving me an elevator pitch about the lore world of Borderlands? I mean, there's the lore in the world, it's interesting, but it's kind of not. It's just like there's lots of cool animals. And there's lots of different manufacturers. Those different weapon manufacturers make guns that are unique and have their own intrinsic abilities and powers and reasons to use them. And a lot of the lore is really vague and we don't really know. uh, Only six sirens can ever be alive, but we don't know if, and they can only be girls, but the guy in the videos looks like he might be a siren or he's absorbing siren power. I can't really give you an elevator speech on the lore because it's it, it, it's kind of foggy, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, a lot of it is they kind of have woven things kind of flying by the seat of their pants. They were honest in a video about Hyperion being a major element of Borderlands 2 was never an intended thing, but at the end of Borderlands 1, when they zoom all the way out and they show you the satellite in the sky is owned by a company called Hyperion... They had to create an entire backstory and company attached to Hyperion. It was it, that was never an intended thing. That was just like they decided to use that. I don't think when they initially made Borderlands One, they even knew who Handsome Jack was. They just kind of reverse engineered and said, "Oh, that was Handsome Jack messing with you back then." You know, I think uh, I think that is. That is enough to tell you that that's not a super focal point of the game. Salty Scrub Life. How would you feel about having the option to turn off scaling on consecutive playthroughs? Me and my friends call each other one-shot bosses uh, that suck to fight, i.e. fighting Piston at the end of Torg. Um. Oh. My, me and my, my friends call each other to one-shot bosses that suck to fight. No, I, I think this is cheesy. You're basically talking about cheesing the content. You don't want to fight the boss, so you call in your buddy to one-shot him? That's lame. That's not a... No. I, I think if you if you want to do that, I don't actually think that is a... I don't, I don't think that's a, that's a needed thing. I really don't. I, I don't think you need to maintain that so you can cheese con- like cheese fights. Link Sacrifice. At what level should I start farming bosses for the rare loot? It's up to you, honestly. It's up to you. You know, if you're if you're finished with your first playthrough and you're going to go into your second playthrough, you got to understand if you're farming for a bunch of loot, you want to get a god roll, you know, of an unpenetrating uh, double penetrating unkept herald. And you get a god roll. I mean, it takes you like a day. We gotta understand something. If you roll over the game, that double penetrating unkept herald, you're probably gonna leave it behind 10 levels later. It'll last you a while. It's pretty strong. And if you're a level 10 using a level 7 or 8 weapon, they last a while. They don't, they're not like immediately invalidated. Um, Mac, Morning After Kill was tweeting about that. That's one of the good things about the game is that guns have a little bit more longer life. 
but you gotta understand something you are you are going to leave that behind you're not going to use that forever so it's up to you um I wouldn't do it in the early game of your first playthrough unless you're like I know I can get a really good what's the first guy drop knuckle what's a knuckle dragger drop a hornet I think um it's either a hornet or the I think it's the hornet I forget anyway you can get a really good roll on that and that'll last you a long time and makes you really strong in the early game well you know you feel like spending the time to get one it doesn't even need to be a god roll just the weapon itself is really strong so that could be something you could do too you could get a guide and say okay where are all the really great weapons and then you're like you know oh I'm gonna do this cause pretty much when you get the hornet it's probably gonna be better than most of the world drops you get in the early game anyway but again you're gonna get to level 10 and probably leave it behind cause you're just eventually gonna find something else that just does more damage uh, bonus rooster. Do you think duping should be prevented in Borderlands 3? Uh, many people I've seen think it makes Borderlands 3 more friendly and shared, but personally, I think it ruins the loot when everyone has the best thing because everyone just dupes it. What's your take? Oh, I hate duping. Duping is a disease in the game. It's a disease. Imagine. My gosh. Imagine what that would do to any other game. Oh, dude. I got a god roll warden's law. I got the one Lono's looking for. Oh yeah, where'd you get it? Oh, I went to a duping lobby and somebody threw it on the floor. And that god roll warden's law with the absolute best possible perks just gets circulated through the game like an app, like an actual disease that duplicates itself and just destroys loot incentive. Duping lobbies are just, they are a disease. I don't like them. And I know people go, yeah, it's just, it's what we like to do. You like to not play the game? Why? I don't understand. It's, it doesn't make sense to me. It really, truly doesn't make sense to me. Why do you not want to play the game? It, it, It is bizarre. It is bizarre. Now, listen. Once you played through the game 17 times and you just want to fiddle around and fart around and experiment, I don't mind it then when people are going to use, you know, Willow Tree and other things to, you know, edit the game and put different things in the game. But, like, that's typically not what happens. Somebody has a god roll of some gun at max level and they dupe it and dupe, 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 and everybody, then everybody has it. Um, so... And now you're like, why does that concern you, Lona? Why does that matter to you? Think about it. If you're trying to match make and play with randoms and and duping spreads like that, how many people are you going to go to play with and go to fight a boss and go to fight a raid boss and do something challenging? And it's stupidly easy because you get paired up with a bunch of people who've got like duped or modded weapons or something. That's lame. That hurts your experience. You can't pretend it wouldn't hurt your experience. It's just one shot and everything, you know? Uh, Deadeye Ninja, thank you for 11 months, almost an entire year. Dinosaur, do you think the Commando class has consistently failed for Gearbox, and that's why they're introducing a mech mechanic where turrets just never really worth it? I don't know, man. Roland was pretty nice in Borderlands 1, I thought. You feed yourself ammo, feed yourself health, draws aggro. It's pretty strong. I I don't remember. Maybe I don't. Maybe my memory's faded. I don't remember Roland feeling weak in Borderlands One. Uh, in in at, at any point, I felt like he really added some good things. 
but again, if they didn't scale the health right, I don't remember how fast the turrets would get destroyed uh, in Borderlands 1. My memory's a little foggy there. He could have had a similar experience to Axon where the turret is basically just an aggro distraction, which is lame because it's supposed to be like a good mixture of like offensive and defensive power. And it's kind of lame to just relegate it to like firecrackers in a zombie game. Like, hey, look over there. And then like you run and then that's essentially all it is. Axon was totally fine. Third playthrough, it just it, his turrets just really struggled. They get destroyed really, really quickly. And people always try to tell me they're like, "Oh no, Lona, you're wrong. Axon's totally fine. He's really, you know, he's actually really strong in the end game." But they'll admit that you basically just use his turrets as a distraction, and that's kind of corny. Hunter. I know it's not out yet, but what DLC would you want to see from Borderlands 3? Uh, more main story based or sort of like Tiny Tina, not having much to do with the main story. Personally, I think the reason Tiny Tina's DLC works so well is they just did their own thing. They kind of left, you know, we go into a fantasy land. We go into an area that isn't, that is real, but it's not real. Um, which is kind of confusing, right? Because she's telling the story and we're getting gear that we then bring back to Pandora, you know, or uh, Sanctuary. Um, so, I I don't, I think that's an easier world to work in because then you can create stuff like a sword that shoots, uh, a shotgun that shoots a sword and stuff and the Seraph weapons and all that. I think the reason they really try to have each DLC have its own feel. You had the pirates, you had the, the, the big game hunter with, with Hammerlock, and you had like the, the dragon fantasy with Tina. It's because it was very, very clear that it's its own story, own loot, the animals, the setting, the beast, all of it has its own feel. And I think that's, a, that's an easy, um, that's a good win. It's clear, it's it's very clear that you're in another place and in another thing. I always call that like when you do a DLC in Destiny, it sets the ethos, right? It's very clear what's going on. There's a very strong uh, thematic presence. Um, so, Evil Clown says, Can a Beastmaster in Borderlands 3 tame wild skags or what? Well, it seems he's got his own beasts that he's already tamed that he summons or digestructs or something. He's not actually... Um, He's not actually like taming random animals around him. They're they're kind of his because his his skag looking animal. It's not really a skag. It looks kind of different. So it might be something of a of a research team that came together or something like that. So that's going to be the last question. I'm not turning the stream off. So stick around. If you've enjoyed this segment, you like Borderlands and you like the interactive radio style here, click that follow button. That's a free and easy way to support my content. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As with all my content, I appreciate you watching and listening. Please like, share, and subscribe.